allowed a sweet if you catch it. If it goes on the floor, leave it. Look, you can sweep. <laughs> you can sweep them up later. Oh, pass me that. Pass me that microphone. Do we have success? Yes. Okay, so this is the deal. Oh, my word. Right. Ready? <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Wait. Only if you catch it. All of you, do not eat it yet. You can catch it. Do not eat it. Only if you catch it. Catch it. Oh, sorry, sir. Are you ready now? Oh, you're not eating. You're not eating one, are you? You're not eating one. Oh, that's. Look. Are oh, you not eating one, sir? He's been obedient. Well done. Okay. They're coming over. They're coming over. And they're coming upstairs. You can't eat it if it goes on the floor. You can't eat it yet. You, if you catch it, you must hold on to it. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Hey, hey. Danny's the cleaner. <laughs> Danny's the guy whose wife's in hospital right now having the baby. <laughs> Don't tell him it was me. Ready? This is the rule. This is the rule. Don't eat it yet. If you catch it, don't eat it. Ready? If you got one, ready to catch it, ready to catch it, ready to catch it, catch it. Oh, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. Don't eat it, don't eat it, don't eat it. Don't eat it, don't eat it. Catch it, catch it, catch it. Oh, my word. Catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. Catch. Right, so, come over here, come stand on the stage. All right, we'll find you something else. You can give one to Alex, but not yet. So, everybody look at me. Leave the ones on the floor. Leave the ones on the floor. Put them down. You don't know who's been treading there, do you? So, this is the deal. This is, this is hopefully a perfect illustration of this parable. This is a per... Wait, wait, get away. No one goes by the piano, it's electrified. <laughs> it is! It's got electric! Wait, wait, wait. Let me explain. Let me explain. This is exactly like that parable. Because the sweets that fell on the floor, the sweets that fell on the floor are, are like the ones that fell on the stony ground. They're useless, unless you're like me and you eat anything off the floor. But, but generally they are completely useless. Leave it. 
They're completely useless because they're soiled, they're dirty, they're not fit for anything. However, the second one, the one that you... Who almost caught one? Who almost caught one? Oh, man. The ones that you almost caught, the ones that you almost caught are very much like the ones that fell on the okay soil and it was a bit stony and it was a bit uh, and the thorns came along and the thorns choked it. Mm-mm. Not. Yes, I know. The one. Now. Now the ones. I've got that the wrong way around, but I know where I'm going. Now, if you caught one, wait a minute. You can put it in your mouth. Don't eat it. You can put it in your mouth. Don't chew it. You can put it in your mouth ready. You got one in your mouth? You got one in your mouth? Put it in your mouth. Wait, just chill out. I'll, I'll get you one. Don't chew it. Put it in your mouth. Don't chew it. Put it in your mouth. Because the ones, the one that you've got is a sour sweet. And the one that you've got is a mustard sweet. And if you bite into that, it's going to be horrible. If you bite into that, it's going to be horrible. Do you want to eat it or not? Do you want to eat it or not? Take it out quick. Take it out. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. Because it might be absolutely disgusting. Everyone else can eat their sweets. If you don't have any, come to me later and I'll give you one. Alright, I'll give you one now. Wait. Because. Because. Wait. Because the one that they put in the mouth and I'll convince them not to put in the mouth or not to eat. Yes, that's like the thorny one. I know I got it the wrong way around. I looked over this way and Kira was going. <laughs> and then it dawned on me. I got it wrong, but there you go. Hopefully we understand the imagery. The imagery is the one that I convinced them not to eat is the one, is the one where the seeds fell and they were just getting choked and convinced and Persuaded, and that's pretty much like right. If you, that's pretty much like God. People can hear the word, people can get convinced, and then people can have the word stolen away. They can be further convinced that it's a load of rubbish and it's not worth listening to. Right, I'm going to carry on talking in a minute. Promise, they're desperate for me to talk. So. Right, not a big handful, just two or three. So everyone... Whoa, 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 whoa. No. Two... Right, I'll do it. Man. Move. Go. 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 So um, if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 13, this is where you'll find this story. Who's got the Bible? Oh, one or two people have. Well done. Um, I need... Right, I'm going to get you some jellies, alright? Right, okay. Now, Calissa, Calissa was one of my primed people, and I said before the service, when you catch it, don't eat it, and take it out your mouth. So she ate it and said she would eat it. Anyhow, so, William, 
Kira's going to go find you some um, jelly sweets, what you're allowed. Aren't you, Kira? He's, des- he's desperate for some sweets. They're downstairs in the coffee bar. Okay. So, so the question is up on the screen there. The question is, oh, no, it's not. It will be in a minute. There we go. The question is, what kind of soil? Guys, you can sit down there because you're going to get tired standing up. However, let me tell you this. When Jesus was teaching, and in the early days of the church, the people would stand up. The preacher would sit down. How mental is that? The preacher would sit down. Jesus went and sat in a boat. And then he taught the people. How do you think the guy fell out the window when Paul was preaching? We all think he was sat on a windowsill. I reckon he was just stood by the window. And he fell out the window asleep. So if you don't look... No. (laughs) I'm just going to take a seat over here. You can all stand up. No, I wouldn't be that cruel. But this is a very serious question. What kind of soil are you? What kind of soil am I? What are we like? How do we behave? So the seed that fell on the pathway can be like people, can be like you, can be like me, who harden our hearts. Click it on, please. That means move on. Thank you. The seed that fell on the pathway. Now the seed is God's word. Okay, can we all agree with that? The the seed is God's word. And God's word is good. God's word is powerful. God's word is mighty. God's word has the ability to change and transform and completely turn situations around from going one way to completely going the opposite direction. That's what God's Word has the power to do. God's Word has that much power to transform, to turn people's lives around. And you know what? When I very first heard this parable, years and years ago, I very first heard this parable, and I always thought he was talking about evangelism. I always thought he was talking about spreading God's Word spreading God's word out amongst the people and let their hearts be like good soil. Let their hearts, not my heart, let everyone else's heart be good soil. And I pray, God, that people's hearts, they're like good soil. And yes, I do pray that. What? Yes, like them. Thanks, William. Stop disturbing me, kid. However... I want to just pose a, a question or, or pose, uh, propose something that, well, I think, I know it is, that this is talking about my heart and this is talking about your heart, maybe as well as people who don't know God, but I think this is a message for people who do know God. I think this is a serious message for people who already know who God is. He said... What is your heart going to be like when you get the Word? When the Word is preached to you, when you've read the Word, when someone's told you about it, when you've heard a, a, um, a YouTube clip or whatever, and God's Word has been given to you, what is your heart going to be like? What is my heart going to be like? Is it going to be hardened? What causes 
What causes people to have a hardened heart? It's the one letter. I. Two letters, me. Selfishness. Only thinking about me. Only wanting the best for me. Only desiring the best for me. Only looking for the way that I can be bettered or looking for something that's going to benefit me. I think that is the start or the potential start of a heart that is hardened. A heart that don't want to listen. Because to be honest, I can have that kind of heart. I can be that kind of a person. I can be a person who in one minute, literally, it's almost like I'm bipolar almost sometimes. Schizophrenic sometimes. Because I can have the best intentions one minute and think the best of other people one minute. And literally, literally the very next minute, have horrible thoughts. Behave in a really silly way. Behave in a negative way. Behave in an awful way. Literally one minute even one second separating. So I can certainly have a heart that is hard, a heart that is tough. You know, the Bible talks about stony hearts. And, um, and in 2 Corinthians, <coughs> click it on. Maybe not. Whatever. 2 Corinthians chapters, uh, chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says this. It says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds. Blinded their minds. The God of this age. The God of this age is not our God. The God of, our God is outside of time. Our God is this superior. The God of this age is the enemy. The enemy wants us to have a hardened heart. The enemy wants you to have an attitude that's negative. The enemy wants you to have an attitude that says, I couldn't care less about that person. I couldn't care less about that situation. Couldn't care less about these people in this other country. That is where a hardened heart comes in. And God don't want us to have a heart like that because the enemy wants us to have a heart like that. We all have an enemy. And the enemy wants you to be ignorant, if you like. The enemy wants you to ignore, to turn away from God to turn away from what God has in store for you. And that's when our, when our heart will become hard and will become literally locked up. Literally locked up with a chain and a padlock and fixed so that nothing can get in there. It's like a rusty padlock. Who's ever tried to get a rusty lock out of somewhere off some... Oh, it's a pain in the bum. It really is a pain. And that's what our hearts can become like this, rusted, full of barnacles, if we want to use a sea analogy, just full of nothing that's any good. And it can lock us up, and it can create basically no light or no life. And that's not what God wants. That is not what God wants. He don't want you to have a heart that's stony. And the second seed, the second seed... Stony in the, in the positive, in the rock sense. Hard sense. The second seed was on that stony ground and it says, uh, this guy named uh, Spurgeon says, the problem with the second seed was not that it lacked growth, but it lacked depth. And I thought that, I think that's really, really important. 
But it's not that he lacks growth, but he lacks depth. So the seed fell, if anyone's ever grown anything, and it starts to grow. If you've got a shallow... If you grow tomatoes and you've got lots of good soil and you've got lots of good horse muck in there and, and get it all nice and deep and it'll grow good and it'll give you good fruit and it'll give you good crop and it'll be great. If you plant it in like a little shallow tray, you know where you start them off a seedling, a little shallow tray, if you keep your tomatoes in a little shallow tray like that, it's going to get nowhere because there's no depth. Where do we get the depth of our understanding of God from? Yes, from the Holy Spirit, 100% from His power. But we've got to be willing. We've got to be willing to dig. Dig out the stones. Dig out the things that's blocking your root from going deeper. The things that are blocking your roots going deeper are generally our attitudes. And I'm talking, I'm saying this to me, I'm saying this to me, I'm saying this to us. Not just to people who don't believe in God, but also especially maybe people who do believe in God. Our roots have got to be deep. How do we get our roots deep? By digging. By sifting. My dad used to have this thing called a riddle. (laughs) Anybody familiar with a a term riddle? It's basically like a large sieve. I love, I love it. My dad used to grow champion onions. Seriously, four or five pound. He won the West Midlands thingy and he had a four or five pound onion and he had leeks and they were like this big. That was because he tended the soil. He was very careful with his soil and he would riddle it because he didn't want his onions growing and then hitting a stone and then causing them to be misshapen or causing them to get burst on the side. And his leeks, he wanted them to really get those root systems to go really... You pull out an onion or a leek and, the, and the, I love it, the roots are like stupid long. Roots are very, very important. The roots pull the nourishment in, pull the goodness in. Where do we pull our goodness and our nourishment in. We pull it in from God. But He wants our hearts to be sifted. He wants our hearts to be sieved. He wants us to get rid of all of the things that are blocking. The things that are blocking from our roots getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And Proverbs 4.4 says this. It says, Then He taught me and He said to me, Take hold of my words with all of your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Keep my commands and you will live. This is not just talking about a physical life, talking about a spiritual life, talking about something that we can, we can admire even in ourselves, if you like, not in a prayer way, but think, God, I am sifting this. I want to get rid of the stuff in my heart. I want to get rid of the things that's blocking you and blocking your word and blocking your teaching and blocking what's best for me. God wants us to riddle, (laughs) sieve, sift. Because he wants us to take hold of his words and he wants us to live. He wants us to live. My dad grew great vegetables because he took care of the soil. Our heart, this thing inside here, is what needs sorting. You can have all the knowledge in the world. You can have all the knowledge in the world about God's word. You can know every verse in Scripture. Unless we apply it with all of our heart, it means nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
Head knowledge? Yeah. You can have the most, you can have the most knowledge of any subject, but unless you apply what's going to be good for your life, it's going to count and mean for nothing. And so the third soil, and this third, this third seed rather, the third soil, reminds me of the story of the rich man when he went up to Jesus and he said, how do I inherit the kingdom? How do I get into the kingdom of God? And you'll find it in Matthew chapter 19, 16 to 28. How do I inherit? And Jesus said to him simply, this guy had passion. This guy was desiring. This guy wanted. He wanted to know what it was all about. He wanted to get to heaven. And God said to him, give me everything. Give me everything. And on that son, I think it was the son, it said wealth and this, that and the other. Jesus said to him, give me everything. And, and that can mean many different things. That can mean one part of your life, but that's everything. That can mean a thought process that you have, give it to God, that's everything. The everything that God spoke to this young man about was all of his money. But I think God talks to each one of us and we have an everything. We have a certain everything that we're not willing to give up. And it causes us to get choked and it causes us to shrivel up and die spiritually. God wants us to give something up for him. This young man, he couldn't do it. Sadly, he couldn't do it. And he went away sad. It says he went away sad. God don't want us to be sad because God wants to help us. God wants to help our heart to be transformed. God wants to help our heart to be real good soil. Not just good soil, but real good soil. And so the last verse, sorry, the last soil was the good soil. And I think I've sort of answered all of these things. But God wants our heart to be good soil. Not every week, not every day, not every hour, not every minute for every second and it's not easy but that's why we've got God that's why we've got God's power to help us to help us and to equip us and I want to read it's quite it's not that long but it's I want to read um, Colossians chapter 3 to you because this for me is all about what good soil is this for me completely captures everything that the good soil should look like and it says this it says since then you have been raised with Christ set your hearts on things above we can stop there and talk about that but I'm not going to set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on earthly earthly things your heart your mind for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ Christ God's provision of forgiveness and reconciliation back to God. Verse 4 says, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Promise after promise after promise. Put to death, therefore. This is the stuff. This is how we're going to get good soil. By getting rid of this in our life. Put to death. Therefore, verse 5. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because these 
Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways. In your life, you, used, you once lived in the life you once lived. Verse 8. But now you must rid yourselves of such things. Also as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. Remove them from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. We've had loads of baptisms recently. And that symbolism, that imagery of people being baptised, of being lowered in there and dying and dying to self and being raised into new life, that's what this is talking about. And you put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of the Creator. Here there's no Greek. Sorry, no Gentile or Greek. No, try it again. Gentile or Jew. Circumcised or uncircumcised. Barbarian or Scythian. Slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, verse 12, okay, all of them things, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. There's your list. This, this word is simple, isn't it? Get rid of that, adopt this. Reject that, accept this. Forget that, live like this. Simple, isn't it? It is, isn't it? On paper, it's very, very simple. In practice, it's a little more difficult. But we can never say, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea that was a sin. No way. I am the worst. I am a sinner saved by grace. Verse 12 again. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Simple. And all of these virtues, above all of these virtues rather, put on love which binds them all together. Against, sorry, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And I'm nearly finished. Verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Wowza. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach. Sorry, yes, as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdoms. Two verses. In all wisdom. Through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Singing to God with gratitude in your heart. I love singing to God with gratitude in my heart. And finally, verse 17 of Colossians chapter 3 says, And whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever we do, do it with our attitude of gratitude, do it with a thankful heart, do it knowing that your desire and that my desire is that I would be good soil. That's what God wants. God wants our desire. Our desire to be good soil. He wants our heart to want to be accepting and receiving and passionate about Him. He wants that. It said that David's heart was after God. David, was mess- David messed up a lot. Serious messing up. Probably more messing up than any of us in this room have ever done. Serious messing up. But God knew his heart. It didn't mean that God accepted what he'd done wrong, but God knew his heart. And God wants our heart to be like that 
of the heart of David. That the desire is that I am good soil. The desire is that I would be like this list in Colossians. That I'm desiring to live like that, God. But I mess up. Thank you for your forgiveness. And I'm going to get back up and I'm going to get back on the bike, so to speak. I'm going to get back on track. God wants our heart like good soil. When our heart is like good soil, we will bear much fruit. And this is the last slide. Oh yeah, there's the good one. Carry on. One more. One more. I think. There we go. This is the good soil. This is what good soil looks like when we live it in our life. And I'm just going to leave it up there for a minute while you look and read. God, I thank you that you have planted all of these things in us. Lord, if we know you, we have the ability to live these things. Lord, forgive us when we don't. Help us to desire to want to live these attitudes, these actions. Lord, help us, God, to want to be more like this list and more. Because when we look at you, God, that's what we want to be like. We want to be like Jesus Christ, who was the example for all of us to follow. God, help our hearts to be sifted where they need sifting, to be shaking where they need shaking. Lord, help us to have a a transplant of our heart if we have a stony heart, God, that you'll transplant it and give us a heart of flesh, a heart of flesh that is looking to you, looking for you, searching for you. And God, you promise that when we search, then we're going to find you. So God, we pray for our hearts. Our heart is our whole life. We pray for that, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. Uh, Fantastic. We're going to sing Build Your Kingdom here again. Just because it's a great song. Um. And then we're going to finish and then uh, tea and coffee will be... um... Well, it can be ready in 20 minutes, got it? 15 minutes? Yeah, it's cool. Tea and coffee will be about 15 to 20 minutes out in the street. Look at the weather.